Hello, Ian. How's it going, man? Hey, surviving, managing. It is. Uh, it's good to see you. I actually see you. The, yeah. It's good to good to hear your voice. Um, we took. We've taken a longer break than I think we intended. To. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, and this, 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 as you also know, is not the first, uh, first recording we. Uh, we did. Yes, yes. We 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 tried. Um, there was a minor delay. <laughs> we we recorded a session. There was a minor delay in like uploading the the audio file in in the the precious days that it took. Yeah, and like sheltered the shelter in place order hit. Um, my company completely uh, shut down. Like in person meetings. Like every everything. Like everything happened. And it yeah, felt really weird to. <laughs> yeah, that was that was like my thought exactly of, of like of like we had a short delay and then the entire world changed and it was like oh, yeah that that that's not really gonna work. <laughs> nope, nope, definitely not. So yeah. we're yes. here. We're here. Uh, yeah, Record, I mean, recording I'll, on Zoom. Yeah, I'll say you know just to catch people up. Like I've I've been at Devoted for it's ten months now. Uh, yeah. So. Um, like it was incredibly busy for, it still is like, we're still, we're dealing with COVID on our, we're a Medicare Advantage company. So like there was like a big flurry of activity for us to figure out how we can try to protect our members. Um, but that's, that's been a lot. And nonetheless, like it's, it's time to take, take an evening and, and, and talk to my friend Dean. Yeah, and you've you've also done a lot. You like it's been a, an active ten months for you. Oh man, it definitely definitely has. Uh, you know, so so as you know, we had uh, 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 we had we had a baby about uh, almost six months ago now. Third one. Uh, so so for 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 a while there, we had three under five. Um, although uh, our our uh, our oldest turned turn five, uh, maybe two weeks ago or so. So like now that's no longer true. Has my life changed now that it's no longer three under five? No, they're still the same people. <laughs> um, you're, you're outnumbered now. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, uh, I, I moved on from Clover, uh, at about that same time. Um, which was, uh, uh, the timing there turned, turned, turned out to be right. Um, it was, I was, you know, I, I, I felt tremendously lucky to have, you know, to have worked there for, you know, for, for as long as I had the chance to, uh, and to, you know, and I think the, the projects that I got to work on there were, were really, you know, were, were both both, both, you know, meaningful and impactful, but also like forced a lot of growth in me. Uh, and obviously, like we met there, so like I, uh, I would not have given up that experience for anything. Um, but yeah, by uh, sort of by like last summer, it, it was starting to feel like, like that ride was coming to a, to an end for me. I'm tremendously bullish on the company, and I think that they're going to do great. But I felt like it was. It was time for new adventures, and I'm in the middle of, uh, of setting one of those up now. Um, I can't really 
talk that much about it yet, but there will be more to come in the future. But uh, you know, su suffice to say, I'm I'm uh, I all of the all of the exogenous factors aside, um, I am I'm I'm pretty excited of of uh, uh, at least about where the things that I'm working on are headed. Well, that's all of that's good to hear. Uh, so that means that you're you're like in between jobs in a sense, and uh, and uh, un, under shelter in place orders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so not not it, I mean not exactly. Um, I, I I do not need to interview for jobs right now. Right, right. Um, right. You're not yeah. looking for work. No, uh, um, I, I am. I am working on something. Uh, I just can't talk that much about it yet. Uh, but but that said, I I I definitely have I, I, I have tremendous empathy for anyone who like needs to be looking for a job right now because like man, is it hard when you when you can't get in front of people. Yeah. No, actually, one of my one of my best friends was caught in the the Airbnb layoffs. And, oh man. And he's in recruiting too. So oh, like that man. is yeah, yeah that's. It, it is going to be really tough. Like I, yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I mean, I still, as, the, as the pandemic has gone on and as things have progressed, like I've gotten more used to it. Yeah. And like, I'm feeling like I feel my life is strangely comfortable mm. in, in a lot of ways. Um, and like, I don't really like going out that much, I need <laughs> that much social contact. Yeah. I actually was worried, like Devoted's a pretty remote friendly company. Yeah. Um, so I was already there. Um, and then well, it was, it was interesting. Like the change was now I had a lot more meetings mm. after, uh, after the crisis hit because like now everybody's remote and so yeah. they're not doing in-person meetings. So so they, like you can't they, get left out of them. Well, yeah. Like, there's, <laughs> it's like Otis doesn't need to be here because <laughs> he's not in this office. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what that says about what was going on before. Yeah, but like, I definitely noticed that. Like, um, that there was like a big increase in the amount of time like I spent just on a video call. Yeah, um, yeah. Throughout the day. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, my you know, like my. Uh, my kind of perspective on, on like, again, the, the macro stuff aside is it's like, like when you're it, and, and Clover was also like a very remote friendly company. Uh, my, my last two years there, uh, like I, 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 I didn't fully work from home, but I worked from home a lot. Um, and so from, from like a work, from a working perspective, this, this part hasn't been too much of a change for uh, uh, for for me and and like you know when I started working from home like I did it because that's what I wanted to do uh, because getting rid of you know for you know say like three to four days a week getting rid of my commute was like time to work out and time to and and like time I could spend with my kids. Um, and so, and so from, from, from that perspective, like, like this hasn't been a huge change. Um, what like I ended up finding was, was that basically the, uh, the number of meetings that I had to be in was kind of like directly proportional to how quickly information was flowing in that needed to be reacted to. 
Um, and, you know, in times when like information was, you know, was sort of like where the flow was, was, was kind of predictable, you could like set your meeting cadence around that. Um, and then eventually you can just replace some of those meetings with like writing shit down <laughs> in documents. Um, but, but in times when like there was a lot coming through at once and like, and like decisions need to be made all of a sudden, like the meeting flow goes up. Yeah. I, I think like, I, I, I feel like people have said this, but I think it, it bears repeating that like, this isn't really how working from home goes. Oh yeah. No, this is not how working from home works at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been doing it for two years. Like the last two months is not how working from home works. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I went from almost no working at home to, to doing it from full time yeah. six, and then, and then doing a pandemic. And there was like a market shift. Like, well, I mean, one is just easy. It's like, it, it's it's um, like when, like, especially when the crisis was first striking, like I think I and everyone else was just like incredibly stressed. So yeah. like there's the added insecurity of working from home and not feeling like you know what's going on. Yeah. And then also like, I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm worried about my parents. I like, there's, you know, all of the, all of the other things that people are worried about. Um, yeah, uh, going on at the same time, but also like the company, like for for me, it was like it was noticeable that the company, my company, was set up to support me to work from home, and they did a lot of effort. They put in a lot of effort on that. Like they made sure that I had good broadband. Yeah. Um. Like they actually at one point uh, paid someone to drill a hole in the wall of my office um, <laughs> so that. They, I could uh, run an Ethernet cord up the side of my house and into it. Uh, um, nice, nice. And yeah, no, that was that was pretty pretty classy move. Yeah. Um, but they weren't really prepared for everyone, everyone to be working to from that. home, <laughs> yeah. right? And that was that yeah. was a a big shift. And I still don't even feel like I. I mean, I'm sure that this is similar to other companies where like they're still kind of figuring that out and not yeah. really. Like that, like that, you know, you were saying writing shit down becomes so much more important. Yeah. I don't know that everyone really adapted to that. Yeah. Well, it's, and like, and like, to be honest, like that's actually the thing I love about, about, about remote companies that like writing stuff down is like my preferred mode of, uh, uh, of, of, of like, of like information transfer. Right. Because like when I write something down, it helps me clarify my thinking and also helps identify all of the places where I've inserted magical thinking into what I think is going to happen. I'm like, I look at that sentence and I'm like, oh, well, that's clearly wrong. Like I'm living in a fantasy land if I think that's true. And, and like somehow when it's in my head, I, I can't always see that. But when it's down on a piece of paper, it's like it's staring at me in the face. And I'm like, oh, wait, that is, I am just making shit up right now. Um, but, uh, and, and also, like, that's also how, how I prefer to consume information because, uh, 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 because I, I, for, for whatever reason, I, I, I just tend to be able to absorb things faster in writing than almost any other way. Um, and so, and so like that, that's one of the things that I, that I love about, about a remote company is that like, you really have to be writing things down, especially if you're time shifted, 
because like because you just can't have these scenarios where like the west coast finishes something and then you know east coast gets up and doesn't understand what just happened or where things are at and so they're just waiting around for three hours until until the people on on the west coast are up to like explain it to them like you just lose you know you lose a ton of time that way um and so so having that that kind of maturity i i think is great but but it is a rough transition especially like it's a hard transition for one person to make into say like a team of 10 people that are already doing that. Like it is nearly impossible when you're asking 50 people to all do it at the same time and none of them have ever done it before. Like that's going to feel very unnatural. What do you, what do you feel about the, like there's, on one hand you have San Francisco real estate, right? Yeah. Um, and on the other hand, you have a whole bunch of uh, companies that are trying out remote work for the, the time for the first time. Yeah. And they're probably finding that it's, it's not amazing, but like, it's not so bad, right? Like yeah. you, they can make it work. Like there's, a, yeah. there's adaptations they can run. Yeah. Um, like, I, I feel like there's a bunch of people that are out there getting out there saying like, this is going to show us the way like that this is an acceptable way to work that remote work is, is, is gonna, I mean, I feel like it's a guarantee that there will be some uptick yeah. in, in the, the possibility of remote roles. Like there already was, Yeah, but I don't know how to evaluate that. Like I, I, I feel like it's not right for every job, Yeah, but um, yeah. it's definitely not right for every company. Yeah, like I, I, I kind of look at it and, 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 you know, again, to be clear, like what's going on now is definitely not remote work, especially because like, I mean, I can tell you the, the biggest change for me is that my kids are always around now. Okay. And like when I was working from when I was like actually doing work from home, they were, you know, they were out of the house. Um, I, I mean, the ones that were old enough to go to preschool. Um, so like they were in school and so they're, they weren't around, like, like this is not a natural environment to like test this sort of, sort of thing out in. Um, but like, I, I mean, I, like certainly you're, you're going to have a set of people who were exposed to this now that otherwise like might not have been and are, you know, and are going to come out of it essentially being like, wait a minute, like for the job that I have to do, like. I was able to do it effectively in the time that I had and I didn't have to sit on the bus for two hours a day. Like, you know, you will definitely see some folks who are like, why, why can't I just do this? Um, but on the flip side, like it, 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 I think you're right. Like it's not appropriate for every job and it's not appropriate for every company. And there are things that you miss like, uh, you know, like, uh, like, serendipity around sharing ideas is harder to do when people are not in the same location. Um, and, and like no one's really, so far as I can tell, no one has figured out a way to do that online. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I w like that, that strikes me as one where I guess maybe I could Twitter. I could, <laughs> but in, in like a very different way. Yeah. Uh, it's 
not exactly evidence for. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those ideas don't, uh, yes. Um, um, the, like, I can see that being a very easily overlooked, like, aspect, right? Like, it's hard to, it's hard to quantify how important that, like, human capital spillover of, like, a shared space is. Yeah, yeah, think. yeah. I mean, I, I could see that being tossed out, right? Like, would yeah. you would you trade that or the the rent you pay on a yeah on a yeah space in San Francisco in in like Midtown? Yeah, I mean, I, I I I've seen consistently like people tend to underestimate the value that is locked in a network. Um, and that, you know, basically, it, it, you know, when, when you can penetrate that, that, that network and, and therefore get access to, like, until you penetrate that network and get access to that value, you don't really see it. Um, and, uh, and so, like, to a, to a certain extent, it's like, well, I just have my job to do. I can do my job at home. Like, that's certainly true. The question is, like, can you capture all of the upside of your job if all you're doing is that job at home, right? Like how, how's anyone going to know that like, you know, that like you have, you know, that you have ideas or potential that, you know, that could elevate you out of, out of that role. Like if they can't see you, if like, if like you, you know, if, if you're not hooked into their network such that they can get visibility into not you as the job you're doing, but you as the person who is, who is contributing to, to, to their company. Like, I think that that's, that's when you run into, into problems, right? Where like the, the day to day is totally fine, right? The day to day is just like, I'm doing my job. I'm, I'm like going on, but you miss all of the positive tale. Yeah, no, I think that I think I think that's right, but I also feel like that's exactly the sort of thing that that like CEOs, <laughs> CFOs, like people who run run businesses and are focused like on narrowly on value cre creation will tend like will overlook if they're you know if they think that they they could take a risk to to save some money. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it's going to depend on the company. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's less. I, it's less my opinion that like the function of the job or the industry will 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 like predict what your um, what like how whether people will move to remote or not, but more yeah. like what what is the attitudes of the people who are there. And I don't think it's like all like I don't I don't like people should be a little leery of this. Like maybe a little more leery yeah. that that like. Yeah, no, I, I, I will, I will say this, a transition to pure remote is not like you, you have, it, it, it is, it is much less beneficial to the employee than it is to the company. Um, and, and like, like as an employee, you have to be careful with that, with that transition to make sure that you're not losing access to upside opportunities. Yeah. I mean, to, to lay it out, I think how I'm thinking about it at least is like, if you're, if you're a company that's like moving to full remote, like some, some, some part of that reason is like caring for the people that work for you and cutting down on their commute time and not wanting to pay rent and some portion of it might be like, mm, I think I only have this narrow 
slice of value that you can do. Yeah. And that honestly, you can receive the instructions for that through a computer terminal. Yeah. And then execute it. And then I don't really have to deal with yeah. you, the human. Yeah. And that is, uh, you're much in that scenario, you are much easier to replace yeah. than, um, like, that's, that's, that's the idea. Yeah. Is that you're more replaceable and more fungible. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you as the employee, you want to look at the company that is doing this and and like understand where they are coming from like is it the first thing or is it the second thing because like you know if it's if it's the second thing like and and look like there are scenarios where like having you know if if that's the kind of job you want that's totally fine right like just decide that that's the kind of job you want but like know that like you're you're it's it's hard to create upside opportunities for someone if the way it, if like the job that they're doing is just receiving instructions on computer terminal delivering like results like that there you know like there's just not enough variance in you know between a good job and a bad job at that for you to like show that you can do more um, and 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 some some people prefer that and you know this this would give them the 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 flexibility to just like all right move to a place where you want to live that's not as expensive as san francisco uh and like you know and and capture some of the upside arbitrage uh, uh or some of the some of the cost side arbitrage uh from that um, but if you're not that kind of person, if, if like, if like the thing you want is, is like, you know, is like that, that, that fast progression and, and you're, you're professionally ambitious, um, you know, the other, the folks who want the, who want the other kind of job, like can be ambitious in different ways, but I wouldn't describe that as professionally ambitious. If you're a professionally ambitious person, you need the variance to be able to showcase your, your upside. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. e yeah. I think where you're at in your career also is a, a like yes where you are in like I don't again I don't want I don't want to reiterate I want to reiterate like I'm not saying like every company that is going to like is going to pivot to remote is going to replace everyone on this no no on its payroll with like poorly paid contractors fresh out of high school um, but I am saying that is one type of company that will like try to embed itself into the yeah into the remote space for you know for like i'm thinking about this and you know through my lens and there there are other people in a similar situation to me where i feel pretty entrenched in like not completely entrenched in the network of my company mm -hmm. and so working working remotely has worked fine yeah right um and i get some serendipitous conversations i get a lot of time with people that are working on important problems and they stop and they listen to me yeah but it clear like it shows that they're willing to make the effort like they yeah. value my general intelligence and input yeah. on things and if they didn't have a reason to believe that like when i said stuff that it was going to be valuable whether or not like they had known anything about my background in this yeah. stuff to begin with then I'm not sure they'd go out there to make that effort, right? Like, to, yeah, to yeah, yeah. Like the uh, so, so so I've seen that that effect exactly. You know, especially like if you're a remote person in an office that is not remote, like you tend to see that in spades, right? In in terms in terms of like like the people who are 
who are seeing each other day on day, like they need to work to, right, to like bring you in. There, there's like an extra, there's like an activation energy that is required. They have to have a reason to do that. Um, you know, the, the pattern that I've sort of seen here is basically that like, if you're, if you're the remote person, it is like super important to get that early win where like, where like you can showcase kind of the magic that you can do so that people, uh, um, because the moment that, that you do that, all of a sudden people have a mental model of like, Oh, like Otis is the magician. I got to talk to him before, before I go do this. And, and they'll put that activation energy in. Um, they, they will not do that just because of like whatever your, you know, your job title or your background, they will only do that if they've like seen the magic. They feel peer pressure to include you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, I mean, that's the, it, it, it just takes like one or two people to see the magic. And then, and then all of a sudden, like those people, if they're in the room, they're like, Oh, wait a minute. Why isn't Otis here? Or, or, or like, have we talked to Otis about this? And then it, and then it permeates and, and you get yourself entrenched in the, in, in the network. But it doesn't necessarily just like happen naturally, right? Like you have to work at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely a transaction cost for interacting with me. When, yeah. Whether, and it's whether the whole company's remote or not. Yeah. Um, the transaction cost for interacting with me now is basically the same as the transaction cost for interacting with every other person in the company. Yeah. So therefore my, my meeting load is, increased quite a bit since the yeah. pandemic but um but that's that's there and you know the thing i'll say about this is like companies exist because of transaction costs right like yes <laughs> like the whole point of a company like why you get are you, together are, are you together. citing economic theory right now i am i yeah. am law and economics is yeah. like the it is to reduce, like, it is because you don't want to do a bunch of costly, time-consuming market transactions yeah. in order to make a product. Yeah. And therefore, anything that, like, kind of increases the transaction costs going on inside a company, you have to look at that with suspicion. It's kind of like yeah. flying in the, in the face of the purpose of the thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that being said, like, I, I'm much less of a skeptic of remote work now yeah. than I was a year ago, part of that is like technology is making easier. Yeah. I still feel, I still, like I, I'm, it's similar to op reopening like businesses during the COVID crisis. Yeah. I, I at once see that the decision will be made by people and I'm not sure that they'll like the consequences. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, yeah, like that, and, and like, and like at at the end of the day, that's that's kind of what I what I think it comes down to. Like, there's a there's a cost benefit to everything. Like, if if you want the remote work because you don't want your commute, like that doesn't come for free, right? Yeah. Like, like, like you 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 will still have to pay in, uh, 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 in in uh, uh, in other ways, and and like you know, I I know for me when I first transitioned into it, like it was, it was at a company that I'd already been working at for three years. So like they, they knew me, I knew them, like even if like, and, and, and the transaction cost of dealing with me didn't necessarily go up very much because if I needed to, I could, I, I, I could be 
in the San Francisco office any day. And for anyone who wasn't in the San Francisco office, like the folks in New Jersey or, or, or Hong Kong that I was working with regularly, like they, I was remote to them anyway. And so, and so like in that sense, you know, those, those, the, those transaction costs were, were quite low, but you know, I, I, I do think like if I were starting a new job today and I were the only remote person, I would definitely try to do something highly valuable very quickly so that, so that people didn't think twice about, about, uh, you know, about putting in that, that activation energy to talk to me. Um, yeah, the, there's that. I mean, I just, when I was remote at first, I traveled a lot. Like I just went to, to show yeah. up in the office and take meetings yeah. with people and then run back home and work, work, work. Yeah. I, def I, I definitely find that I work more. Like I probably work through my old commute and then some. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, I, well, I definitely work more. Um, it, it it didn't shorten my work day. It just gave me more hours to work with. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it like the 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 particular problem that I had before before doing this is like is like uh, after say like about eight o'clock at night, um, I can't do anything but work. Like 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 I can't I can't exercise because because like it's it's like too late for for my body and like my kids are asleep so like I don't get any of that benefit <laughs> and so and so like in that sense like like hours after 8 p.m or or like even even after 7 p.m are, are not fungible they, they they can only be used for you know for 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 either working or, or like reading a book right and so and so what that meant was that, uh, was that if I couldn't, uh, if I couldn't get a workout in before six, then it wasn't going to happen. And like, that was the exact time that I needed to be commuting. Um, and so, and so the choice was, all right, well, if I'm not commuting, then I have time to do this other stuff. And if I am, then I don't. Cause like, once I get home and have dinner, like the, the option for those things isn't there. Right then, it's just like, do I work or do I like read or watch TV? Um, and so, and so, getting rid of the commute just gave me a little bit more more flexibility in terms of how I could arrange the jigsaw puzzle of my day. Yeah, that's. I mean, the flexibility is great. I like, even though I work more hours, I do feel like I'm with my kids more. Yeah, yeah, and like especially now that they're yeah. popping in <laughs> they're my work meeting. The yeah, they're <laughs> popping in my work meetings. Uh, the other day, one of them wrote a message for me on the whiteboard and wheeled it around behind me oh um, that's so cute while i was on a meeting it happened to be a cute message uh, yeah. this time yeah. <laughs> so no swear words <laughs> um yeah that yeah that that experience has been like interesting i it's it's weird like i haven't gotten used to the crisis around us like it doesn't diminish the tragedy of it but like there's there's just all this stuff that should seem so weird, but now feels so comfortable. Like not really, yeah. not going out that much at all. Not yeah. uh, like having my kids around most of the time while I'm working. Like they're just kind of like flowing in and out of my my meeting day, and no one yeah. bothering about it. Yeah, um, those are all things that I'm now used to, and I'm 
like uh, strangely acclimated to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's definitely like, like it's been nice seeing my kids at lunchtime. It's been mm -hmm. nice. Like when I walk in the house to like, uh, um, you know, to like grab a drink or a snack. So, I, you know, as you know, my, my, yeah. my, um, uh, 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 my office is semi-detached. Yeah, your office is detached. Mine is like right yeah. next to my kid's room. So yeah, so so you know, like like when I walk in the house to grab something, and they're there, and I get to like hang out with them for like ten or fifteen minutes before I have to get on my next conference call. Like like that that part's nice. I'm not I'm not sure exactly how I'm gonna feel when that goes away. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, although, although I also know for their, you know, their long-term development, like they got to go back to school. Um, yeah. There will be a lot of grad school papers written on this cohort of children. I, I think sure. so. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, it, and like, you know, it, and it's funny also that like, because we're around uh, all the time, like I, it, at least at least like 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 the 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 younger kids like don't like uh this this doesn't seem to be like a super a super stressful situation for them right mm -hmm. where like you know my my you know my five-year-old just seems happy that i'm around and that and that my wife is around and that we're here all day and she can like pretty much always access us. Um, you know, our, our two and a half year old was, was definitely a little confused about that, but she was probably more confused about like, you know, not being able to, to eat bagels during Passover. Um, very difficult thing to explain to a two and a half year old why she can't have her regular breakfast. I can't, I can't even imagine how that, it, it was uh, how long it takes to land that conversation. It, it was a very interesting conversation. I will say it didn't uh, land is not the way that I would describe how that ended, <laughs> but, uh, um, but the holiday ended and then she got her regular breakfast back. But like, you know, at, at, out, so like, you know, outside of maybe, maybe like a little bit of, of confusion around her regular, like her, her regular schedule changing like she also like it doesn't seem to be a like a hugely stressful transition for her it, it, it's been probably more stressful for my kids mostly because they have to spend more time around each other than, mm, yeah than they than they were used than to. they're used to yeah yeah and like that that was that was fine for a week and then i think in the week two it was yeah. it was tough like there was we both me and Elizabeth are still kind of working. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much working and Elizabeth is mostly working. So like, there's a lot of time in the day where they're like, you know, we're like, well, no screens, but also like trying not to kill each other <laughs> and to entertain yourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Jen, yeah, Jen, Jen was on maternity leave when this hit and I'm, I'm, I, we're not even sure what's going to happen after that. Cause her, her job was tourism exposed. Mm. So who knows what's going to happen there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, to me, that's, that's sort of the thing that's like, 
you know, outside of outside of the scary health related stuff, there's also the like economic rollout where like, you know, as opposed to like 2008 where everything felt kind of artificial in terms of like, like the, the, the role of, of the crisis, like this one feels like there's real damage underneath there. And like, you know, so, so how long does that recovery take? Like, you know, even, even once you have, have the virus part of this dealt with, uh, which, which itself is going to take some time. Like, I, I don't know. That's, that's the thing that I think probably like makes, makes me the most nervous. Yeah. No, especially like, like transitioning industries. Like if there's like, if there's industries that aren't going to come back all the way. Yeah restaurants might not um like what's that gonna what's that gonna do yeah or 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 at least just will take a while but like certainly uh, i don't know when i think about stuff like this like like i tend to try to frame it as like all right well was there was there an underlying human desire that that like that industry was was like really feeding into or was it just a path dependence thing and like you know, restaurants are an old industry. People have been around them. You know, like people have done that kind of thing for a long time. Like the industry will come back, I think, probably not the same owner operators in like a lot of cases. Well, and uh, you also have to think about like the, like the, the part of the, there is still, even though the desire is there, the path dependency is interesting yeah. because yeah. the way that restaurants were run was so highly leveraged. So, right? so that's the thing, right? It's like, in what form does this, you know, like, 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 what does this look like when it comes back? Because, because like when things like this happen, like the, the industries that are affected tend to reconfigure in, in some way, shape or form to you know to basically handle the pieces of uh to like usually to handle the pieces of them that caused the the instability in the first place right they fight the last battle Um, yeah yeah so you know basically yeah so if you got a highly levered business going to come back differently like like uh not necessarily airlines uh because like those are those are relatively straightforward to nationalize and like a lot of countries just do that but like airplanes right so like building airplanes uh you know that's a thing that probably looks a lot different on the back end of this um where you know where like because if you have a bunch of airlines that don't need giant airplanes for the next 15 years like who is building what at that point, right? Um, um, and so, yeah, that's that's like one of the things, at least like that's one of the more intellectually interesting things to sort of look at is like, well, how do, how do these industries start to reconfigure on the back end? Uh, and if you're in a position where you're basically like, you know, where you need to be looking for, for a job right now, like that's one of the things to start looking at is like, okay, who's going to be there at the end of this and what are they going to look like and which of those companies is actually well, well placed to kind of ride this out. And I, I think that's like a, you know, I'm sure it's, that would be a stressful like because that's not an easy calculation it is not 
It really um, is not. And so that would be, that's like an added element for like people who have been laid off or whose industries have been uh, completely destroyed. Yeah. Uh, is to tr to try and guess where that where that demand is going to shift to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I tend to do in those in those kinds of scenarios, and 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 it's not easy, is like you want to try to avoid projection uh, as much as you can, because like prediction is just it is hard. <laughs> um, but there are cases, like you're not going to get everything this way, but there are cases. So the, the best way that I've had this put or, or that I've heard this put, um, and it, it was, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the person who said this, uh, but he is an investor at Benchmark Capital. And he basically said like, the job of an investor is not to project the future. It is to see the present as clearly as possible. Because if you can see the present, like you will notice the, you'll like, like in many cases, the trend lines are already there. Um, and, and like, so one of the examples that, that he gave was, uh, uh, was, was they made a, a fairly large investment in MongoDB, which is, which is an open source database uh, products. And at the time that they did that, like the reason that that they did that was uh, at, at the time that 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 they did it, Oracle and uh, and Microsoft were were still the dominant database providers for the planet, and then you had you know and and most most web applications were were running on on on, uh, uh, on the MySQL stack, and MySQL is like tremendously difficult to scale. Um, and, but the thing that they looked at is they were basically like, okay, Oracle and micro, like it, it, it's clear that there's going to have to be other database variants out there beyond MySQL that do different jobs because developers want them. Today, there are like X number of developers in the world, but that is growing by a factor, uh, you know, by like, uh, you know, by two or three X every year. And the number of developer jobs is growing by two or three X every year. And the number of software products that need databases is growing by two or three X every year. And so that's a small number today, but in 10 years, that's not going to be a small number. Um, and so they were, they were looking at the present trend to like essentially say developer products are going to pick up, developers are going to want databases. And so like, this is a good bet to make because you can see today that it is already starting to work even if the numbers are small. And so, you know, like that's that's the sort of thing that I think is, if like I were out on the job market, I'd be trying to do is just like, all right, what, um, you know, where does the trend line point today? Even 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 if the numbers aren't, aren't big, such that I could reasonably say like, if there is demand growing for this thing, it's probably not gonna disappear. <laughs> in the uh you know in 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 like the coming cycle right and, and so like you know one of the things i could think of for that is like electronic payments probably not going away um you know uh uh video communication probably not going away seems seems reasonable yeah um i think it, let's let's talk about projection for a little bit yeah <laughs> projecting the future so i feel like every data scientist every every person who's even really opened a spreadsheet at some point has made kind of a forecast yeah and based on like using the method that you just described right and usually 
the thing that that kills you is I don't know if it kills you, but like it's the thing that you it's the mistake you've made a million times that isn't really even a mistake. Is like you look at the current trends and you extrapolate it. And yeah. then you extrapolate it and then you're like, I know there's an inflection point at some point and this trend will like exhaust itself, but I don't know where it is. So I'm just going to keep extrapolating. Yep. Um, the, you know, I think I'm, I'm fresh off of yesterday when the CEA published its Excel model of oh, God. Yeah. coronavirus uh, deaths. And they did the thing that I've never done which is just like say that there's an inflection point and not like, and just put put it in there whether they felt like it. Like that, that blows me away just because it's like, it's not the like lazy way to do it. It's like, it's something you have to burn calories in order to. Yeah. To like, to, to like, do. to like figure out how do I just make this tell the story that I want? <laughs> yeah. Cause the lazy, the lazy mistake that everybody makes is to just keep extrapolating and just ignore the fact that reality doesn't, does not like linearly extrapolate into the yeah. future forever. Yeah. Um, that's like the way that most of us have made that, like that mistake. Um, yeah. And yet here's an evidence of someone like being extra sophisticated to do the extra stupid thing. Um, I don't know. I think my, my, like my, the question I want to get to uh, is maybe you won't want to play this with me. It's like, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I've done a lot of dumb things. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm like, going to guess that your motivation was never what the CEA was in this. No, is, no, no. I, I can go first, which is like my, my, I definitely had one where I was supposed to like, I analyzed the impact of an experiment. It was amazing. Yeah. Right. And uh, like someone asked me to do a forecast of like how good this was going to be for the company. I was like, all right, sure, whatever. And I basically neglected the, to see that like this only worked on a very small pool mm. of like remaining users that had not been involved in the experiment. Yeah. And that we'd already basically, like by the time I even wrote down the projection, we'd already exhausted that pool. So yeah. I was like for, for forecasted like a large lift in new users um, despite the fact that like we basically already converted all of this experiment. <laughs> nice. Of, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so I, I, I mean, I, from a, from a personal perspective, like I, I have learned not to make forecasts, but rather to like, to like try to put myself in a position where even if I am off by a factor of 10, like the impact is so large that that's not going to matter. Um, uh, I, you know, I, it, and like, I'm trying to think about, about the, the specific mistakes that I have made that drove me towards that because it, like, I mean, I, I, at least up to this point, I have, I have never lost a, uh, um, I definitely never lost a company, uh, you know, large sums of money with a, with a forecast error. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I, I can think of like, of like a couple of, of like specific examples where, where it's just like, I made an, I, I made an analysis mistake that in like 
that in like another context would have been very hurtful and like a teammate caught it before it like got very far. Mm-hmm. So, you know, basically we were, I, 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 um, when I was in grad school, I was running this experiment where we were trying to like measure these like really, really short pulses, which are like tremendously hard to do because like, like, like you just can't get electronics to like respond quickly enough. And so, and so you have to find, uh, um, you basically have to find different ways of, of like measuring this that, that don't require you to like catch the beginning and the end of a signal. Um, and so we were using this, this, this device where uh, rather than a single measurement, we basically did an ensemble measurement. So you send, you, you try to send the same pulse through the, through the, through the device, like, you know, call it a thousand times and then just sweep and, and, and change the, the location of your, uh, um, um, of your, uh, 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 like of your, uh, um, um, of your, of your sensor, like just a little bit each time so that you can get a sense for how long this thing is. And we, so, so we ran a set of these and got like a tremendously like short measurement, like better than anyone else had, had ever done. And I was like, this is amazing. Uh, like, like look at the result that we just got. And the grad student, uh, uh, one of my friends who I, who I shared an office with was like, maybe you should look at the raw data for this before you look at sort of, before you look at that reconstituted as the actual measurement. And sure enough, like what had happened was there was just a single point that was above the baseline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so, and so all I was seeing uh, I, I, in that run was the fact that, uh, uh, that, that we didn't, have dy- we didn't have enough dynamic range on our measurement device. No. <laughs> so, 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 so you're measuring the same thing over and over again. Yeah, well, it, it, like, it, it was just like, Basically, it would be like zero, 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 boom, up one, and then zero, 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 zero. So, like we 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 were basically just seeing. Well, in this in this one location, we get a hot signal, but then what that means is that is that we're just bandwidth limited in in the device, and we had to go back and like redesign the whole thing. And like, had I had I tried to present that at, at, at like a group meeting or. or God forbid, even a conference, like I would have gotten killed. Um, and like, you know, that, it, it, like, like a key learning for me from that was from, from like something like that was just like, you got to be really careful with uh, uh, like, like, like with, with, uh, with uh, precision and like knowing that you're measuring what you think you're measuring. And like, if anything, try to keep your decision making away from scenarios where the measurement that you're basing the the decision on needs to be precise. Like, the more the more you can kind of say, "Eh, if I'm directionally correct here, like things will be really good. Or if I'm directionally correct here, I'm going to stay out of this really bad scenario. Like, that's where you want to be. <laughs> I like that. I like that advice. Like it's build your thinking around the risk that you know is there. Yeah. Like the, uh, the, the, yeah. Well, or, you, or the, or you or, know that you know better than other people, like how precise your, your measurements are. Yeah. Or, or like, or, or like, you know, and just keep yourself out of scenarios 
where like even in very small you know even 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 in very like low probability events like the impact to you could be could be quite high yeah. right um so yeah yeah i mean i i think uh uh, so Nassim Taleb refers to that as like the barbell strategy. You basically want to avoid scenarios where like where the impact of the downside is unacceptable and you want to try to get yourself into scenarios where like where like your losses are capped, but your upside is 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 quite large. Um, and, you know, usually what that you know, you can translate that into into an in, into like an investment or decision making strategy where it's just like do the very very safe thing the thing you know for sure is safe until you find a thing with a capped downside but an uncapped upside and then like put a you know and then put some in there but like make sure your downside is capped the barbell strategy is that what that's yeah what yeah, yeah. nassim taleb used a, a, a workout metaphor does that guy does that guy work out? I forget. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's like a. He, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kidding. Like if you oh, read, right. like if you read like one chapter of one of his books, right? Yes. Know, then you he'll talk about his exercise regimen yeah. like three times. Yeah. Um, it's like, but but like you know, I I I've definitely been been bitten by like those kinds of analysis mistakes where where you're basically like I think I know what's going on, and I can like project these amazing things about the future, and then you're like, oh wait a minute, like I'm just measuring crap in my measuring device. And like this would have been really bad <laughs> had I like tried to push this through. Yeah, and that that sounds like that sounds like a good piece of advice. We should probably we should do a round of like, um, what do you do to keep from doing stupid things? Like that yeah. would be good. It'd be a good. Uh, I, I don't have enough time tonight because I'm, yeah. I'm an old dad and it's getting late, um, uh, and I'm tired. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, we should we should wrap. I, I enjoyed that story. The, yeah. the, uh, Ian, the stupidest thing you've ever done with numbers was surprisingly sophisticated. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's been that's been like unfortunately like that's my mo of like yeah. <laughs> of, of like something that that where like if you looked at it from the outside, you'd be like that's perfectly reasonable, and then and then like. Like a person who really knows what's going on looks at it and says, "Ooh, that's really bad." <laughs> right, right. See, that's the downside of my strategy of like trying desperately not to overcomplicate any analytical project that I'm on. Is that when I pull a dumb, 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 it is like it is a true, brilliantly yeah. like dumb, dumb, dumb. Yeah, I mean, I I'm positive I've I've done a number of those too. They just don't tend to stick with me in quite the same way as the more sophisticated dumb stuff does because <laughs> because because like like you say to yourself i'm not mad i'm impressed <laughs> well it, it it's more like the dumb dumb stuff i'm basically like oh yeah that was stupid and like i should have yeah. known better the sophisticated stuff it is the thing where i'm like oh man like if that person <laughs> wasn't there i don't think i would have seen that yeah. Because, because like I have, like I had done such a good job fooling myself around my my like clever methodology that there was like something buried so deeply in there that it like took someone else to like to like kind of point it out to just be like, hey, you missed something really big in there. Like the machine that you think is going to get you off the ground is actually uh, is like actually going to explode on the runway. <laughs> 
All right. I uh, I think I think that that's the, we should wrap for the day. Yeah. I, I've, I've enjoyed this. Um, welcome, welcome back, everyone who's who's listening to us. I've I've enjoyed having you here. It was good good talking to you, Ian. Yeah, it was great. Great talking to you. Great seeing you, if only on video. Yeah, if only on video. Yeah. Um, we're gonna. Um, we're gonna change some things about the about the podcast. We're gonna probably wind down the Patreon page. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll kind of come back to you with like an update on like what we're where we're going with the with the podcast. But we just you know wanted to stop in and chat and and say hi. We're doing okay. To yeah. All of you out there. 